Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. It is Thursday, June 2nd, and this is People Every Day. Hey everyone, it's me, Janine Rubenstein. I love that it's already Thursday. Four-day weeks are the absolute best. You hear that, whoever's in charge? (laughs) Today's show is packed to the gills. We have so many great guests lined up for you today. I mean, we're talking Depp and Heard, the Queen's Jubilee. Um, Sheryl Sandberg is here. So, so much. So let's just dive right in. Some happy news. Property Brothers Drew Scott tacked on a new addition to his family. The home makeover star and wife Linda Fan revealed that they welcomed their first child together, Parker James Scott, on May 4th. The couple shared photos of their growing family on Instagram with the caption, Our lives are forever changed. They made the announcement on their At Home podcast where Fan gave an update on how she was feeling during her first weeks of motherhood, saying, other than pooped, I feel great. Pooped, meaning she's tired, not the baby. And that she is very happy that he's finally here. I'm still in awe and in disbelief. I feel like every step of this pregnancy has taken me time to adjust. And then as soon as I am almost adjusted, it's on to the next milestone or the next thing. I feel like I'm always playing catch up with my feelings. Yes, girl, that's how it goes. It's great to hear that mom and baby are doing well. You have to see the beautiful picture of her breastfeeding. Congrats to the Scott family. Moving on from baby news to a story that may not be for young ears. During Thursday's episode of The Kardashians, Kim opened up about her relationship with now SNL alum Pete Davidson, claiming he's, quote, the best human being I've ever met. The reality star and mogul explained how everything got started between the two. She said, so this is how it went down with Pete. I did SNL, and then when we kissed in scene, it was just a vibe. And I was like, oh, ish. (laughs) Maybe I just need to try something different. And she hasn't looked back since, you guys. Kim K went on to gush about how they love spending time just doing normal things, watching TV and going to the gym together. The Skims founder shared how after she hosted SNL and met Pete, she couldn't get him out of her mind, though. And she was ready to see where things might go. So a few days later, I called the producer at SNL and I was like, hey, do you have Pete's number? And they were like, yeah. And I text him. I wasn't even thinking like, oh my God, I'm gonna be in a relationship with him. I was just thinking like, heard about this BDE, need to get out there. Like I need to just like jumpstart my, I was just basically DTF. Wow. I mean, Kim is known to be a woman who gets what she wants. And apparently she wanted to experience that quote, energy. (laughs) Now that Pete has officially departed SNL, I'm sure they'll have even more time for activities together. (laughs) Just goes to show that you never know what you'll learn watching the Kardashians. And now, yesterday, a little after 3 p.m. Eastern time, the internet broke, and not because of anything Kim K did. Social media lit up following the stunning verdict in the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard case as it was read aloud for the world to hear. It was a moment. 
Yesterday afternoon, if you were not glued to your television or phone to hear the verdict of the Depp versus Heard defamation case, then you probably didn't work around here. <laughs> well, honestly, so many of us were interested in the outcome of this case that took six weeks to try. Johnny Depp won all three counts of his case, with the jurors awarding him $15 million in damages, stemming from Heard's 2018 Washington Post op-ed, which alluded to Depp abusing her. The jury ruled that Depp defamed her heard on one of her three counts in her countersuit, and she was awarded $2 million in damages. My brain hurts just thinking about it all, so to just help us go through what happened here is family law attorney and clinical psychologist David Glass. Hi, David. So let's dive into this verdict. As an attorney, what's your reaction? There are definitely people out there who say legally the jury got it wrong and didn't understand what defamation meant in this case. But where do you stand and and how do you kind of just break down what happened here? It was extremely surprising and a strange verdict to receive after these six weeks of testimony. A defamation case breaks down very simply into someone making a false statement about someone else, and that false statement directly leads to monetary damages, damages to their reputation or to their career, and the statement has to be made with actual malice, meaning they knew it was false at the time they made it, or they were so reckless as to the truth, they just didn't care whether it was true or false. So so given that, it's very difficult to win a defamation case, and yet here we have this jury listening to all the evidence, and basically finding that everything that Amber Heard testified to wasn't true, that what Johnny Depp testified to was true, and that Johnny Depp's career was harmed by this Washington Post op-ed. A lot was made of the fact that you know, there's so much going on on social media. Uh, Is there any thinking that that could have trickled into that that jury decision room if that kind of public opinion sway had anything to do with this case. It's hard to tell what effect, if any, the social media presence and all of the outpouring of support for Johnny Depp had on this jury trial. I think Johnny Depp's intention from the start with this lawsuit was to develop this groundswell of support so he could turn around to Hollywood and say, look, I'm still a bankable star. I currently have 18 million people following me on Twitter or TikTok. I could still sell a movie. And so from that point of view, he absolutely succeeded in this lawsuit. Wow. I mean, for me, as an entertainment journalist, it's kind of the second time in recent history. I mean, when you look at Free Britney and all of that, you just have this fan groundswell. The difference between this and the Free Britney case is that the Free Britney case was people showing up in person protesting at the courthouse. I was in the courtroom at the final hearing when the judge ruled on terminating Britney's conservatorship, and you could hear the people protesting right outside. And the judge, in fact, sent the deputies outside to quiet them down. And that was after weeks and weeks of coverage that we're talking about a bigger issue. Can you have someone conserved for mental health issues for 13 years. There was a bigger legal issue there. This, although it was very popular and it absolutely captivated the public's attention, this, it turns out to be a legally very small case. 
Well, Amber Heard's team is already talking about an appeal. Elaine also disclosed this morning that Amber does not have the $10 million that she would need to pay debt and that they are ready to fight this decision. What do you know about this? So to start off, civil appeals are only successful about 2% of the time. There are very low probability of success because the Court of Appeals has to give wide discretion to the judge and the jury in terms of what they considered and how they made their decisions. The the judge and the jury were there. They heard every day of six weeks. And the Court of Appeal only reverses things if some sort of gigantic error was made and that that error is found to have somehow influenced the jury and making them a a 180 degrees different sort of change. So they're up against a very high wall. Probably Amber Heard's best chance on appeal would be to get the money amounts reduced to somehow say that this jury sort of pulled the $10 million of compensatory damage, the $5 million of punitive damages out of thin air. It's hard to really figure out where they got the numbers. And so that's their most likely chance of success. But an appeal is merely they, they file a piece of paper saying we're going to appeal. And then the process should take about a year. Amber Heard's attorneys have the burden of providing all of the evidence to the Court of Appeals so they can review it. So that's six weeks of transcripts. That's a van load of paper that they have to reproduce at cost and supply to the Court of Appeals. David, thank you so much for for being on and breaking all this down. My pleasure. Great talking to you. Well, as we've been teasing this week, Queen Elizabeth's Platinum Jubilee celebration is officially underway. Coming up, we give you the latest from the celebration on the ground in the UK. But first, tech giant Sheryl Sandberg is defriending Facebook. (laughs) Not really, but yesterday, news spread that Sandberg would be leaving Facebook's parent company known as Meta after 14 years. We sit down with her for an exclusive interview right after the break to talk about her reasons for leaving, advocating for women and tech, and the latest on her summer wedding. Stay right here. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just eight ninety seven for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just eight ninety seven at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Word broke yesterday that my next guest will be stepping down as chief operating officer from Facebook's parent company, Meta. Sheryl Sandberg's 14 years at the company broke glass ceilings and and paved the way for many women and girls to follow their dreams in STEM. That's why I am so happy to have Sheryl Sandberg on with me now to talk about her decision to leave and, and what is on the horizon for her next. Hey, Sheryl, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me and thank you for starting out by 
Women and girls in STEM, because there's nothing I care about more. Love it. Well, you joined the company back in 2008, and now you've decided to step down this fall. So what exactly led to this decision, and what was CEO Mark Zuckerberg's reaction? You know, when I took this job, I interviewed with Mark for months. First time I met him, I wasn't sure, but once I heard about his vision for what he was going to build, I really wanted the job. And we had just months of dinners. After the very end, we went to dinner with Dave, my then husband, and his then girlfriend, Priscilla, who's now his wife. And on the way home, Dave and I talked about, you know, if I do this job, I've got to be able to work for this guy. And he said, you've got to be able to see yourself in this for five years. That was 14 years ago. And while there's no exact right moment or time, I really am 14 years into a job I thought would be five years. The partnership and friendship Mark and I have is deep. It has been the honor and a privilege of a lifetime to do this job. But it's also an honor and privilege that doesn't leave a lot of time for anything else. And for me, I think it's time to write the next chapter. And I really want to focus more on my philanthropy. And and you've opened up about the debate and the weight of social media in these days. Do you, were there pressures there as well, just in terms of how much that has entered um, the political sphere, the, the all, all of it? When I came to Facebook, 100 million people used our one product, which was Facebook. Now 3 billion people use a multitude of products and we're building products that will create the metaverse. And with all of that comes a deep responsibility. And it's a responsibility I talked about in my post and a responsibility I think I and everyone at Facebook really face. But that responsibility has been there and will be there. Let's talk work-life balance, which is challenging for anyone, but especially when you're a parent and even more so when you help lead one of the most influential companies in the world. So first, how did you navigate that over your years? And two, I'm going to steal a phrase you coined, is wanting to now lean in to your family a factor in this decision. Personal time is definitely a factor in this decision. I wouldn't say this has been a period of my life with the most work-life balance or work-life integration, as I like to think of it. And wanting more time for myself and my family is definitely part of this. I think it is on all of us to try to make jobs sustainable, to try to recognize the challenges that women face, to try to recognize the challenges that people face, both taking care of young children and taking care of elderly parents. I'm going to go back to what I've been saying for, you know, 10 years here. We have to share those burdens more equally. For straight couples, those burdens still fall great majority to women, including taking care of in-laws. And so if those burdens do not get shared more equally, we're never going to get to real, real numbers and leadership roles in the, in, the, in the workplace. Well, speaking of family, I have to ask you and fiance Tom Bernthal, who proposed back in 2020, have some big plans this summer. So what can you tell us about your upcoming wedding day? I'm really excited. I never thought I would have, I didn't know when I lost my husband that this day would come. The fact that I can get ready to walk down an actual aisle, someone I love so deeply means everything. We have five children. Four of them are serious teenagers, two 14-year-olds, two 17-year-olds, going through the challenges of teenage parenting with someone to do it with makes all the difference. We joke all the time that we're all getting married. Oh, I love it. So we're all, all seven of us are getting married. 
Those are going to be some tall, sassy flower girls. <laughs> so awesome. Well, Cheryl, this has just been incredible, and I wish you just all the best. Thank you so much. Thank you. Great to be with you. Well, you guys, it's here. Queen Elizabeth's Platinum Jubilee celebration has officially begun. The monarch is commemorating a record-breaking 70 years on the throne, and the festivities are lined up for the next few days, and they are nothing short of amazing. I'm so excited to hear about everything that's going on, and I know you are too. So joining me now to discuss all the exciting details is People Chief Foreign Correspondent Simon Perry and People Senior Royals Editor Michelle Tauber. Hey, you guys. Welcome back. Hi there. Hi, Janine. So, Simon, you are there. You're in the UK right now, as you always are, <laughs> but you're watching this all take place. So take us into the celebrations. What's it like over there? Oh, it's been crazy in central London today. I mean, 10 or 15 people deep along the side of the roads to watch the carriages go by. A beautiful sunny day. And it all ended with this beautiful, amazing fly past. In between, we've seen all those kids enjoying themselves. So it's been a great kickoff. I think it's almost like a bottle's gone off after so many years of all that we've all been through. And it's an excuse to have a proper national party for the first time in, in, in many years. So the festivities kicked off today with Trooping the Color, a spectacular parade through the streets of London, highlighted by members of the royal family. William and Kate were there, of course. Their three kids, Prince George, Princess Charlotte, and the guy who stole the show, Prince Louis. <laughs> I couldn't help but laugh when I saw those photos of him covering his ears on the balcony, watching the fly pass by the Royal Air Force. And then Harry and Meghan were there. It's the first time they appeared together with the royal family in more than two years. Is there any word on how this reunion went down with the family? So Meghan and Harry were not on the balcony because they are no longer considered senior, quote, working members of the family. They're still, still members of the family, but they're not considered working members. And before this big, huge jubilee took shape, the queen, and of course her staff or courtiers, decided that it would be only senior working members and a few of their children on the balcony. So that excluded Meghan and Harry and their children. And it also excluded Prince Andrew, her son, who, of course, has been stripped of most of his titles and is no longer a working royal as well. Got it. How was this, this meetup that yeah. we've been waiting for for years? It's crazy that it's been two years. Meghan and Harry were watching the big parade from the Major General's office at Buckingham Palace. And so were a lot of the other children, the cousins who were not on the balcony. And it was really, really fun to watch because we saw both Meghan and Harry doing a lot of like kid wrangling, shushing the, the kids from being too loud. The kids looked like they were having a blast with Meghan in particular. We also saw Harry talking to the Duke of Kent, who's sort of being stand-in for Prince Philip with the Queen. So it looked like they were all, you know, right back in the fold, everybody having a great time. And of course, there to celebrate the woman of the hour, the Queen. When you think of all the drama that's followed the royal family, not really for the kids, right? This is probably just a moment of just pure joy for them. Totally. I'm calling Louis the, the mood, the meme, the man, the myth. <laughs> he was just having the best time. And I know Simon has said this as well. When you have that generation removed, so if the tensions exist between, let's say, parent and child or between siblings, once you take away those generations and you get to the, the cousins, the kids, it's exactly what you said, Janine. It becomes sort of pure and everyone's just in the moment. We certainly saw that today. 
I love it. So for the next few days, there are so many exciting things lined up. There's a platinum party at the Palace Concert, which will have so many amazing performances from Queen, very fitting, uh, to Diana Ross, Elton John, and more. There's the Platinum Jubilee Pageant, which is a parade happening on Sunday. So, Simon, I'm going to start with you. What are you most excited to see? Well, I'm certainly most excited to see Diana Ross, who I've uh, never seen in the flesh before, and I will be at the party, so I can't wait to see her, the Queen of Soul, playing for the Queen. I'm just looking forward to seeing, just as you've hinted out already, you know, royal family sort of letting their hair down a little bit as much as they can in these scenarios and enjoying the celebration. What about you, Michelle? I am most excited for the church service tomorrow, actually. We're expecting to see Meghan and Harry, the Duke of Duchess of Sussex there. And, you know, for me, what makes this different is the reunion we've been talking about. You know, it is seeing the royal family together as a whole for the first time in more than two years. And I'm really watching closely to see all the dynamics between the brothers, the sisters-in-law, father and sons. I find it just endlessly fascinating. And with this backdrop of all the pomp and pageantry, it's pretty irresistible. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing all the fun details with us. Thanks, Janine. Thank you. All right, everyone. The last thing I want to leave you with is just a simple reminder to always believe in yourself and follow your dreams, which is why I find this video of a little girl explaining to her mother why she wants to be a marshmallow just so funny and so cute and something to make you smile. I want to be a a marshmallow. What would you do if you were a marshmallow? I would just wobble around. You would what? Wobble around with joy. With joy. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want to wobble around with joy? <laughs> I love it so much. That's our show for today. That's it. Just, you know, Marshmallow Girl. Thank you all for sharing part of your day with us. And we'll be back again tomorrow to close out your week on our Friday episode of People Every Day. <laughs> <laughs>